Titus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Actually, episode number 61 of the Helming Power Hour. That's right. I'm Rick. I'm one of your hosts. Glad to be back in the time machine, hanging out on War Rocket Ajax. Gonna have a big old time. And I'm with my buddies, as always, and the people that's been keeping this thing flying, keeping the jet fuel in the engine. Mr. Danny Bennett, what's up? Hey, hey. And uh, it's War Rocket it's War Racket Ajax? Is that War Racket? That's right. It's a War Racket for Ming. Yeah, well, I had some paint redone and they messed up the, the, the insignia on the side, so now it says War Racket. Damn you, space painters. <laughs> space painters. <laughs> and also in the other captain's chair. Yes, that's right. There's three of us. None other than the mad scientist himself, Mr. Mark Allison. What is up, my brother? It is I, the Kirsty Alley, to your Shelley Long, and it is good to be back here. <laughs> that I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> Watch Cheers. Cheers, I got it, okay. Does that make me Ted Danson? Are you calling me Ted Danson? Yes, I am. All right, I, I can live with that. I mean, I, I, look a, I look a little bit like Hellboy. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, man! It's great to be back and, and uh, going to crank out an excellent show today. We're going to travel back to what year is it? Nineteen eighty-one. Nineteen eighty-one with the classic Conan the Barbarian, or as <laughs> I have a person, a relative in the family, and his name is actually Daniel Boone. <laughs> and when this movie came out, he came over to my dad's house and watched this movie, and he called him Conan. That old Conan, he's a bad old boy, ain't he? He just put a haymaker on that guy. <laughs> so it's hard for me to even say Conan because I've heard Conan so much. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he's a rapper, isn't he, Conan? Yeah, I he's think in, that's right. He's in a bunch of movies where he plays basketball players with Queen Latifah. No, no, you're thinking about the redhead guy who has the late night talk show. Oh, yes. Oh. Conan O'Brien, yeah. Oh, I yes. thought you meant okay. Carrot Top. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's who I was talking about. Yeah, he got really big and angry. <laughs> yeah, he got he got real big, literally. <laughs> so welcome back, welcome back to Hail Ming Power Hour because we are getting ready to give you one of the classics of our modern era. We are Conan the Barbarian. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, that movie. It's okay. got James Earl Jones in it. James Earl Jones. That's right. 
all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, some great sword work, some really bad green screening. It's got everything you would want in one movie, folks. So that's going to be fun to jump into. But before we do that, there's one thing we want to do. I'm kind of bringing this thing back because I've, I've I've been out a while. So I've got a lot to say about this. So we're going to jump into an old segment we used to do called What Did You Watch? Kind of goes like this. What did you watch? Did some stuff absolutely danny have you been watching anything man i watched a documentary on the uh the production of staples and not the not the <laughs> office supply company but actually making staples oh wow Fascinating. that's productive <laughs> fascinating <laughs> mark allison do you watch anything uh yeah i watched a movie called fluffy buttons and mr mittens this is the most god awful piece of pornography you've ever seen in your life <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. No. <laughs> Where'd you find that again? Uh, it was on sale in uh, the Walmart dollar bin. Not that I'd want to borrow it or anything, but uh, <laughs> bring it on by. Yeah. We'll talk later. It was really bad, but you still gave it two thumbs up. <laughs> Ooh. Something up, yes. yes. Well, all right, Rick, what did you watch since you're so... I watched a... This is a biopic that's on, uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now. came out in 1976. Uh, it's called Wet Dreams. It's about a paraplegic struggle to be on the Olympic diving team back in the day. And uh, it's got Richard Dreyfuss running around in a wheelchair. And it's one of the last performances with Julie Garden. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice piece of, of cinema history. You might want to check that out. That is Wet Dreams on Amazon Prime. Check that out. I think you'll enjoy it. Wet Dreams. I've never caught that from the beginning there. So. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard, you know, because it has, it has all these flashbacks in it, like when he actually got hurt, you know, that cheese factory yeah. incident, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's pretty interesting, man. Uh, you know, but it's Dreyfus doing Dreyfus just in a wheelchair. It sounds kind of like, he, uh, <laughs> it sounds kind of like uh, if you could see what I hear. It is, except, uh, you know, it's on a diving board. Right. Well, he's in that pool at that point looking for that kid because he's That's blind. That's right. He's like sweeping his arms around. He's like, I'm blind. Mark Singer. Beastmaster. Mark Singer. He could have sent right. one of those ferrets and it could pretend to be an otter. Speaking of Beastmaster. <laughs> Speaking of Richard Beastmaster. Hail me. <laughs> All right. Unless anybody's watched anything else, that's it for What Did You Watch? What did you watch? Did you Let us know what you've been watching. We'll talk about it on this crazy show. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back after this. The Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by Morningside Cemetery. The services are about to begin, sir. And... Loyal subjects of Mongo, like you. Hail Ming! Finally, a sequel decades in the making. From the director of Dr. Doolittle and the producer of Poltergeist comes Conan, the veterinarian. 
think there's something wrong with my horse? Hey, this is Michelle Obama, and you're listening to the Hail Ming Power Hour. We're back. It's almost time to get in the time machine. We had to do during that commercial break there. We had to actually squeeze another chair in here. We haven't got one, you know, made to actually fit. So the three of us in here is going to be a little tight. We've had guests before. We had three, but these need to be permanent seats because that gets a little dangerous and just insurance and stuff. And I know you folks uh, don't want us to start a Patreon page to just pay for us to have, you know, safety insurance. So in order to do that, we have our own set of sponsors. And who's our sponsors this week, Mark? Well, we got a couple of new sponsors here. Uh, the first one is from Nautical Repairs. Uh, this is a good one for all you boating enthusiasts out there. If you have any problems with your boats, go to Nautical Repairs where you can get your ship together. <laughs> They'll take a dump in that river. <laughs> yes, they will. <laughs> and they have. <laughs> uh, that's good. <laughs> and remember, when you need your ship to be uh, put back together, ship shape, get your ship, ship together. That's right. Yeah, go to them because they'll give yep. us money. And when you when you can't do that, <laughs> go to what was it? Cindy's House of Smells, <laughs> Sensual Smells, Cindy Sensational, Cindy smells. Sensational, sensational Smells. smells. <laughs> smell the difference. Smell, come smell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got. We've got one more sponsor here. This one's for all you ladies out there uh, who found that special person, but for some reason, they just don't make you breakfast in bed. And that is no longer an excuse, because now there's honey bunches of husband. Now with extra nuts. <laughs> I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors for being our sponsors, even though we're us. Yes. Thanks for the money. <laughs> All right, so if that's it for sponsors, I think it might be time for us to return to the past, to 1981, so that we can get this show on the road. Absolutely. Everybody, strap yourselves down. Here we go. I can't. I'm on a milk crate. It's okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> hey, that's what happens when you're the new guy, man. Hey, my arm is sticking out the window again. No, don't do that again. Don't, don't, yeah. I'm, 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 last I'm time. trying to pull it oh. back in. Oh. It's been a while. It's getting all wrinkly. <laughs> what is? Oh, that's a splinter. That's a splinter. Making a splinter from oh. a milk crate. <laughs> wow. It wasn't easy. 1981. Wow. It feels like the first time. Feels like the very really. first time. <laughs> oh, so yes. Back in 81, looking around, it looks like 1981. Smells like city sensational smells, but. It is 1981. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like potpourri. You know? Hey, look, we're right outside an arcade, too, man. Wild Willie's Arcade. Wow. Wild Willie. I thought it might be Blip's Arcade. Remember that guy? No. <laughs> you can't do that on television? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. why I couldn't do that on TV. It's, that was the problem. It was in Canada, which we're not, so I don't know. Well, that's right. That does create hey guys, a barrier. I, I got some bad news. We're going to have to get back in the time machine. Conan came out in 1982. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. well, here we go. Strap yourselves down. Uh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> oh. Hey, we need to do our research uh -huh. right. Yeah. 
did this last hey, I'll time. Put my other... Wait a minute. I'll I'll put... the wrong... what? I'm gonna put my other arm out the window. We can jump from one year to the next. <laughs> yeah, my other arm will be wrinkly too. Maybe we'll show up in the same period that we're supposed to be in. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh, that worked that splinter out for hey. you. <laughs> 1982. It looks way better than 1981. And we're still at Wild Willie's Arcade. Yeah, except now that? it's been, yeah. been knocked down and paved over. It's just Wild <laughs> Willie's parking lot. Wild Willie's parking lot. Hey, I'm going to go chase some people with a shopping cart. You guys listen to this synopsis. Paul Lynn here for the Pale Ming Power Hour. Oh, nice music. Let me tell you a story about Conan the Barber. Armed only with his massive pecs, a sharp pair of shears, and a genuine desire to make everybody look good. Conan battles bad haircuts in the cult of the snake. And we're talking bad. <laughs> so enjoy yourself with Conan out there. I know I will. Paul Ian, what a legend. He sounds an awful lot like Templeton the Rat. Remember him? No. Was he on a Canadian show too? <laughs> Your mom was on a Canadian show. <laughs> Hey, come on, guys. You, you can't do that on television. Oh. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, way to work it in there, buddy. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, we've talked about doing this movie since day one of putting this show together, and we're finally getting around to it. This is a big one for us, man. I, I, this is You kind of said it earlier. It is a classic, man. So uh, it's going to be awesome jumping into this one. Like we said, those fast-forward moments, this movie is full of them, man. So we're just going to turn this thing loose. Danny! What's your number one reason for watching Conan the Barbarian? Man, my main reason for watching Conan Der Barbar is, I mean, I, again, I, it holds up. It holds up completely. But I'm going to say that opening it up, forging the sword, I mean, it doesn't get more epic than that. You know, the, the, the pouring the molten steel into, the, into the, the forge and the things on fire and the bellows. I mean, it really takes you down to this, this, this dark blacksmith world with with just like you know the only thing that's between you and death is the the sword that you wield and, and it's just i mean i was actually more excited about conan the destroyer just i mean something about the timing of it when i was a kid or whatever but after watching it again and i always knew this it's such a better movie i mean and that's not oh, even yeah. arguable but it is yeah. so good yeah th this one this one's Incredible. And that opening, man, like you said, I, I think it just really gets you into the movie. Uh, great, great opening to a movie, man. I, I absolutely love it. What you say, Mark? What you got? I think the, the first reason, for me anyway, has to be James Earl Jones as Thulsa Doom. Well, yeah. I mean, James Earl Jones, one of the best actors, in my opinion, of all time. And he just plays his character so well. Uh, I did a lot of research on Conan and Conan mythology and uh, found it interesting. The character of Thulsa Doom uh, has been in Robert E. Howard's mythology for a long time. He's actually the character that was the nemesis of Conan's predecessor, Cull the Conqueror. And it just he just kind of evolved through the stories and the comics into uh, this larger-than-life character here. Uh, Conan, uh, his arch-enemy was actually 
character name. Right, you might remember here. Call the Conqueror as Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> yes. Or you might not. <laughs> Which is, I'm glad you brought that up because... I'm not. That's... <laughs> this is the beauty as well as kind of the downfall of Conan as at the same time. It's such a good movie. They did such a great job right out of the gate with it that you really don't have any place else to go with it. True. So when you start doing remakes and sequels and what have you, you lose a little bit of something mm -hmm. along the line. Absolutely. This was lightning in a bottle, and it was just such a good movie, and James Earl Jones was such a huge part of that. Um, like I was saying, Thulsa Doom, uh, he was the archetype of the uh, Robert E. Howard wizard character. Hmm. Um, he was vastly different in the stories. The character that they based a lot of this Thulsa Doom off of was Cull's enemy, who actually makes an appearance in Conan the Destroyer. So hmm. they tie everything together really well. It's just, just such a great blend of the overall history of the story and characters. Wow. I don't know any of that stuff. <laughs> well, Rick, what's your first reason to watch? I'm sorry, I went off the rails there. I meant swords yeah. and stuff. Yeah, swords and stuff. Yeah. Rick, what's your first so, reason? Go on. He turns into a snake. That's cool, too. Well, that, actually, my very first real... I wanted to say, of course, my first reason, of course, was, well, I'll give you the, the real first reason, because when it first comes on, it says, Dito De Laurentiis presents. Yeah. We've had this conversation on here before. When you see that, you already know. You're getting something special. Nine out of 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad ratio, folks. <laughs> so, but bouncing off of that, the first thing I got to say, and you brought it up, James Earl Jones, and my favorite part of the movie is when he goes, No, Conan, I am your father. That seems to be the, my favorite part. But you just said it, man. Come on. James Earl Jones turns into a big snake. It's true. I mean... My favorite part has got to be when he says, "This is CNN." <laughs> this is this is Conan. <laughs> so, Conan. So let's not sneak too far away from the beginning. Uh, I, I actually got a sound clip of the intro, and and I'm gonna just jump right in and say my next reason. I can't jump too far ahead. I'm just gonna throw two reasons together. Mako, uh, and I'm only throwing him in because I've got a sound clip of Mako, and it also goes right along with. The music by Basil Polidorius. I mean, th this music yes. is 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 epic, and it will stand till the end of time as some of the best movie music ever done. And I'm not even joking. I'm not even exaggerating. Yep. It is fantastic music, yeah. and, totally and you agree. can't fight it. Matter of fact, last night when I was watching it, Becky was hearing the music in the other room, and she thought I was watching like Excalibur or something. It is that level musically of a movie. Uh, I tell you what. It makes this movie way better than it is. And the movie's great already, but this music is the perfect music in the right spots in this movie. Excellent job with the soundtrack. I love how they fit the music to the moods right. that are going on in the story. Right. I mean, it's so perfectly blended together that the music is, could actually be another character in the story. If you take it away, you've really lost something. So, right. yeah, the soundtrack is perfect. Yep. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, 
there was an age undreamed of. And onto this Conan, destined to bear the jeweled crown of Aquilonia upon a troubled brow. It is I, his chronicler, who alone can tell thee of his saga. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Yeah. I mean, you just can't fight with that. And you know, if anybody out there is thinking, man, I really just want to watch Samurai Jack now. Yeah, that's because he was also the voice of Aku, <laughs> right? I mean, he's, awesome. he's Mako, man. But the music, cool. the music has, has got a has got a Trump Mako, but Mako's right there. I'm sure he'll be in more reasons coming up. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times as a kid I said, let me tell you of the days of high adventure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's yeah, just it's, perfect. I think Mark had that in his list of, of, of high notes for this movie too, didn't you? Oh, oh I did, yeah. Definitely. Killer. So what you got next, Mark? Danny took my next two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> but So I will jump into why this movie fits so well on this show. is because before... He was the great Emperor Ming. He was King Orsic. Osric. Max von Sydow plays King Orsic. And he's they've got so many good actors in this movie. Yep. Uh, uh, I actually have a uh, a clip of him. It's a little lengthy, but worth it too. Uh, go ahead and take a quick listen to that. Here we go. They were taken to the hall of King Osric. The usurper, once a powerful Northman like my lord, but now old and sodded. You know what you've done? Why, Rexor himself has come before me, threatened me, the king. What daring, what outrageousness, what insolence, what arrogance. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> Doom. I've chafed for years at this demigod. Snakes in my beautiful city. To the west, Nemedia Aquilonia. To the south, Karth Stygia. Snakes! Everywhere, these evil towers. You alone have stood up to their gods. And what are you? Fiend! You see this? Hey, man. I mean, it's Max von Sydow. I mean, what can you say? I mean, we were kind of making the argument of there's so many good actors. Well, it's probably because our main character, who was new to acting at the time, especially in the scene where he gets in his first battle, he's going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Think about the timing here for Max von Sydow, because, you know, he just played Ming for Dino De Laurentiis in... Flash right. Gordon in 1980, and here we are making it. I mean, were they making it simultaneously? Because it came out, you know, the copyrights in '81, the 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 release date was '82. I mean, either they're working at it at the same time with the studio, because he's only in this this one scene as Osric. Um, but you know, it, it could be, hey, I need you, I need a good actor to play this part. It's a it's a juicy role, but it's small. And he just he just brought him in, you know. Dino Dino Rantes was a force in himself. So I'm going to jump right on in here since we're talking about how important the acting is. I'm going to talk about something else, which is my next reason: Conan's mom, because oh, yeah. she's hot. 
Oh, you know, it's kind of like when, when she comes on the screen, it's kind of like, you know, when they take that sword and they take it out in the snow and all that steam comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me when I'm watching Conan's mom. <laughs> Conan's mom's got it going on. <laughs> Conan's mom's got it going on. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree. I mean, there, there's no shortage of that kind of, uh, uh, you know, like a peripheral uh, eye candy in this movie. And you know, Conan's sleeping with half of them. So, <laughs> except when they bring the chick in, when they're like, and he breeds with only the best stock, and they bring him like, really? That's the best stock? Cause, man, uh, times must be kind of hard there. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Well, and we do have a hero that gets kind of rapey. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny. I believe it's your turn. What you got, man? Well, you know, I'm going to mention for a second that, you know, Max von Sydow did say that Rexar was pretty upset. And, you know, when you need Rexar to put more pharmacies in your town, it's important <laughs> to keep them happy. Um, but no. Naming. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Like, early on in the movie, watch for the painted barbarian. When Thulsa oh, yeah. Doom comes to take on the town, you know, Conan's out collecting rainwater from the stream or whatever the hell he's doing. And he looks up and there's this there's this painted barbarian guy breathing heavy. Yeah. And you know, you know when that happens, you know, and they got dogs with like armor on and and people on, you know, get carrying double-headed standards. And shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> I mean, stuff. <laughs> stuff is about to hit the fan. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that dude stands on that rock, and it's like he's going, you know, he's going to howl. You know, it's like, man, it's it's a werewolf dude, <laughs> werewolf barbarian dude. <laughs> he's he's Fido the barbarian. Oh. Uh. Yeah, man, that 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 whole group, man. I've got a couple of guys I want to talk about in that group because one, I mean, I don't even know half these guys' names, but Big Mallet, dude. <laughs> My weapon of choice is just gonna be the Big Mallet, and I'm just gonna whack people in the head with it. Yeah, their names are like Havish and Rexar, like, yeah. and they look like they should be in Spinal Tap. Exactly, I, I've got them uh, in Man of War. <laughs> like, it's like Lemmy over here. Uh, you got the one dude looks like he'd be Dr. Giggle's little brother. <laughs> yeah, those uh, two guys, the main thugs in it were Rexor and Thorgrim. Uh, Thorgrim was the guy with the big hammer. And Rexor, of course, you know, he's like the main uh, main thug. Right. And when the two of them come down with the long hair and the big muscles from Bad Street USA and they're the tag team <laughs> champions. Oh, wait, that's Fabulous Freebirds. I'm sorry, I got off track. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's in Highlander. They're right, exactly. It's the opening of Highlander. <laughs> no, man, but yeah, those two guys. I, I like it. I like it when Thulsa Doom's talking, and he's like, "He was his favorite snake. He raised him. He's upset." And he's looking at him like, "Yeah, I'm upset. I'm really upset." I'm like, I'm, "He's like tangling his 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 loose ends and his highlights, you know." And oh, I'm, I'm real upset about that snake. What were you talking about? Yeah, right. He and the Rancor Keeper got together and had a beer. Though <laughs> <laughs> so the Rancor Keeper was upset. Hell me. <laughs> That's his only oh, friend. That's, That's right. Abba Zababar, you my only friend. <laughs> you know, that actor, he keeps appearing in other Schwarzenegger movies, too, but he's always covered up so you don't 
really see who he is. He right. was in Conan the Destroyer as one of the Queen's guards that he and Conan have the pose down fight together. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. <laughs> oh. Well, that's probably another one of those weightlifting buddies or whatever yeah. that, you know, you become friends with and just kind of drag them along because, you know, Conan's dad in this is the guy that's in, you know, any which way but loose or any which way you can. One of those two where he fights the dude at the end out in the, like the young lumber yard. Which is that interesting in because in this movie, he's defending his village any which way he can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. What you got, Mark? You're next. Well, that actually kind of leads into my next reason right there is... Man of War? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> when they have the the Conan's origin story, when they have the, the raid on his village when he was a kid. And what's great about this scene is it could become very contrived. Here comes the, the bad guys, and they're going to raid the village, and everyone's going to die. And But this is a barbarian village. So when they come in, <laughs> they don't just sit down and take it. Right. You see as many raiders getting killed as you do villagers. Oh, man. Yeah. Old lady with a pitchfork just beating the crap out of one of those guys in armor. I mean, exactly. it's great. And, you know, Conan's dad, he just finished that sword. He's like, I'm already ready. Come on, bring it. <laughs> I, was make, I was building this just for this occasion. <laughs> Now, it wouldn't be much of a uh, origin story if they won, but you know they brought it, so he got to go there. <laughs> yeah, and at the end, you know, you got Thulsa Doom giving him the giving Conan's mom the snake-eyed hypnosis stare, and yeah. right, yeah, and he got Man, a little I, head I, there. That was that was awful. No, exactly. Hey, the That's what I, I was like, I, I don't know if she's actually looking at his eyes or she's looking at that bad haircut. Man, that, <laughs> I think you're gonna have to be way more specific. (laughs) (laughs) Bad haircut, no mustache. Right. You're gonna have to be way more specific. (laughs) Good point. All right, my next reason, which is not really my next reason, but I want to go ahead and get it out of the way. (laughs) It's a great little scene where Conan is traveling and he comes across this lady who has this place and offers him a place to stay. He's looking for information. She approaches him, crawling on the floor like somebody from, I don't know, like a solid gold dancer. Like Beastmaster? <laughs> like Beastmaster? Like a Lair the White Worm? I mean, it's got all those qualities to it. You beat me to uh, Lair the White Worm. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to trying to seduce him, and then she says, there's a price for this information. Well, well. she gives the information. She gives the information, but it's during a time when normally there should be no information being said, right? So I got a clip of her telling him this information during the act. Do you? Zamora. Right before they start playing in the pale, pale light. Exactly. It's just weird. So weird. It's like 
Are we running out of time? Because the movie's already long as it is, but instead of having pillow talk later, let's have her spill the information to you right in the middle of this. Like, he's even paying attention. They, I'm sure there's an outtake where that's going on. He goes, what were you saying? <laughs> I was a little busy there. Well, he had to be paying attention because, you know, there ain't no pillow talk after this because... Uh, <laughs> That's true. I mean, because she becomes a demon and he throws her in the fire. It's awesome. It's awesome. It is so awesome. It really awesome. is, man. And it I think great. that's the first portrayal in a film of, uh, or at least in the time period, of somebody going to bed with a person then waking up the next morning going, geez, who did I go to bed with? <laughs> so so here's, here's what I like about that whole thing. For, first of all, you know, he throws her into the fire and then like she becomes like a flame and shoots across and those special effects are great. They are, yeah, they are still great. great. But the thing yeah. I really like about this whole setup is that he hung out in her house afterward. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. it's the middle. He's, he's like, like, oh well. Man, it's the middle of the night. It's cold out there. She's gone. She turned into fire and, and like and disappeared. So he's like, well, I, I guess I'll just hang out here till morning. You know? <laughs> like That could have been the end of the whole Conan series, really. He just said, yeah, I got me a house. <laughs> yeah, the <exactly>. end. <laughs> and Conan found his hut and decided to live there forever and ever. <laughs> Man, good thing we don't make these movies. <laughs> All right. Uh, where are we to? Danny. All right. Danny, it's you. All right, so I'm going to skip over two, and I'm going to jump right into what... Okay, so we can't talk about Conan without bringing up the what is best in life speech. Sure. I, I mean, you know, it might be trite. You know, you might say, oh, we're looking for something different out of Hail Ming Power Hour. But you can't talk about Conan and not bring up right. the damn what is best in life speech. So Absolutely. I've got that sound clip here. I think it's called Conan, what is best in life. And, yep. and it, you know, here it goes. Here oh, you go. Sorry. Do it. Do it. Wait a minute. Let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> We've won again. This is good. But what is best in life? The open step, fleet horse, falcons at your wrist, the wind in your hair. <laughs> oh, loser! Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear a lamentation of your women. <laughs> that is good. I say we let him go. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, I, I love that. I love that so much because the first guy's like, oh, I know this. The, the, you know, the, what is the high step, the falcon and the falcon at your wrist. And is he talking about horses or whores? I'm not sure which, but like, it doesn't matter because he's wrong. The guy's like, yeah, those are the three things that mean something to you. And guess what? You're wrong, buddy. Wrong. And he's like, Conan, Conan doesn't even, doesn't even look up. He's like, he's sitting Indian style. He's up on a plinth of stone and he's like, across your enemies. See them doing before you. I mean, you just heard it. It's good stuff, right. man. It's good stuff. So I, I have to say, because we've got this on the list, but all three of us had this on the list. My next one was, or the one I just skipped over, was what's best in life because I knew both of you guys had it on y'all's <laughs> list too. So that's why I went to the witch. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, well, the witch is definitely in my list of things. I mean, like, th- th- that's why this movie is epic. Yeah. All right, yeah. Mark, that's you, buddy. You know. First, there are two things I got to bring up about the "What's Best in Life" speech here. Uh, first off, this is actually Arnold Schwarzenegger's first line of dialogue in the movie. 
It's 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> he has not said anything up to this point. <laughs> At least when he says something, it's the right answer. <laughs> right. And what Except I love for... is... <laughs> I didn't have fang, fang tooth Gladiator. <laughs> I had fang tooth Gladiator's reason, but yeah. <laughs> The other thing is, at the beginning of that speech, when they first get into that scene, there's this uh, there's this guy off to the corner, and you can hear him say, I fear my sons will never understand me. <laughs> <laughs> what is this all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. Do you need therapy at this point? What's going on? And, and the, guy, the guy's this, like, Asian warlord, and, and he sounds like, I don't know, Dick Van Dyke or something. He's like, he's like, I fear my friends will never understand the things that... It's like, is that really the same guy? And then, and then like, right afterward, he's like, what is busted life? Like, his voice changes, but, like, at first, he totally... He just sounds like some white dude. Right. <laughs> so, I guess the, I'd have to say the next reason to, to see this movie I say next but we're jumping around here was <laughs> the riddle of steel oh yeah yeah this is an on running thing throughout the entire movie and it it really speaks to the core of the character of Conan because he's they they tell him that when he dies his god is going to ask him what the riddle of steel is and he better know it otherwise his afterlife is going to be horrible. And I actually have a, uh, a clip of that one. Fire and wind come from the sky, from the gods of the sky. But Krum is your god. Krum, and he lives in the earth. Once giants lived in the earth, Conan. And in the darkness of chaos, they fooled Krum. And they took from him the enigma of steel. Krum was angered, and the earth shook. And fire and wind struck down these giants, and they threw their bodies into the waters. But in their rage, the gods forgot the secret of steel and left it on the battlefield. And we who found it are just men. Not gods, not giants, just men. The secret of steel has always carried with it a mystery. You must learn its riddle, Conan. You must learn its discipline. For no one, no one in this world can you trust. Not men, not women, not beasts. This you can trust. You can count on my steel. <laughs> so, so does anybody else hear like the Facts of Life theme song in that music in the background? <laughs> you believe in up to your dreams. I, I just I, I couldn't not hear it. <laughs> but my thing is, you know, what a shame these guys don't know the riddle of steel because we all know it's Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I, I think whoever guessed it was Shaquille O'Neal missed Hell it. Me. But, you know, could you could you imagine me and the guy that accidentally left the riddle of steel on the battlefields? Like, hey, uh, gods, I I left the riddle of steel back there. I, I, they won't they won't find it. It's just a bunch of dead bodies back there. They they won't look. I swear I had the riddle when I left the house this morning. <laughs> Where did you know, I put that riddle? It was great because that continues out through 
through the movie and when he has that confrontation with those of doom uh they talk yeah. about that and uh why don't we go ahead and play yep. that clip for roll the, that one too yeah. where is the eye of the serpent rexor says that you gave it to a girl probably for a mere night's pleasure what a loss people have no grasp of what they do you broke into my house stole my property murdered my servants and my pets and that is what grieves me the most you killed my snake Thorgrim is beside himself with grief <laughs> in his highlights he raised that snake from the time it was born he killed my mother he killed my father he killed my people you took my father's sword we'll call it a draw <laughs> <laughs> it must have been when I was younger. There was a time, boy, when I searched for steel. And steel meant more to me than gold or jewels. I found it on DVD. <laughs> of steel. Yes. You know what it is, don't you, boy? Shall I tell you? It's the least I can do. Steel isn't strong, boy. Flesh is stronger. Look around you. There, on the rocks. That beautiful girl. Come to me, my child. That is strength, boy. That is power. The strength and power of flesh. What is steel compared to the hand that wields it? Look at the strength of your body, the desire in your heart. I gave you this. Such a waste. Contemplate this on the tree of woe. So, yeah. Yeah, we're getting into so many other things, too, man. Crucify him. Crucify him, right. Yeah, the other big thing for me is the tree of woe. Exactly. Which is awesome. So to to Mark's point, I know exactly what you're saying. His dad says, trust steel, no man. Thulsa Doom says, trust man because they're powerful than steel. Because if you can get friends, then you can get your friends to get in the way of the steel. But only one of these two dudes makes it out of the movie with his head. That's right. So the riddle of steel Shaquille O'Neal. By the end of the movie... You don't know what the answer is. Conan doesn't know what the answer is. I know what the so answer is. His journey is. has to continue until he figures out what it is. <laughs> the answer is that that gun that goes in RoboCop's leg. That's right. <laughs> he like, he, <laughs> it's the riddle of steel so right to there. All, to, to tie in all that, my next reason, and possibly the number one reason for me, especially looking at it from my kid goggle eyes back in the day, the giant snake, man. Oh, yeah. That thing still looks absolutely amazing. Even mm. now, it looks incredible. You got to see this movie if you haven't seen it. But man, you have to check out this snake, man. This is not CGI. This is old school, you know, making making a fake snake and letting it grow. It's still so impressive, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they use it sparingly. They use its eye close up. They, they, they have it slithering across. It looks It looks great. It does. When you first see it, you think it's a decoration in a in a, in a tower because it's so big. But then, yeah. 
when it starts moving, you're like, oh, stuff's about to go down here. <laughs> Absolutely. And that fight is just awesome. Oh, yeah. it's, that's incredible. Man. So that's my next reason. Giant, big, freaking snake. All right. So, my, my, so I, I can't go any further without saying that. I mean, there's so many reasons to watch this movie. The, the takeaway should be that we are jumping over each other to give you reasons to watch this movie and we're barely even hitting the same ones sumatai thief and archer <laughs> right after he he leaves the uh the 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 uh the sorceress's shack uh you know right next to it i mean maybe even chained to the shack who knows how this happened sumatai is chained up there and he's like give me some food and then the two of them become friends and they start running from town to town and i don't mean they're like running from town to town figuratively i mean literally they've got like a whole colony of rabbits hanging on their shoulders and and they're just running across these fields from town to town because that is the way barbarians travel running that's right you know they got a little moment together where uh they're discussing each other's gods which is a good get to know you moment uh let's go ahead and play the clip of that one (laughs) i pray to the four winds and you to from they're eating some greasy rabbit or something while they're talking. But I seldom pray to him. He doesn't listen. <laughs> what good is he too? then? <laughs> yeah, it's just as I've always said. He's strong. If I die, I have to go before him. And he will ask me, what is the riddle of steel? If I don't know it, he will cast me out of Valhalla and laugh at me. That's Crum. Strong on his mountain. My God is greater. Crumb <laughs> laughs with your four winds. Laughs from his mountain. My God is stronger. He is the everlasting sky. Your God lives underneath him. So there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just going to ask, did anybody else think that like the guy sounded like Cheech Marin? Yeah, absolutely, uh, a little. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I, mean, I, I'm, I think he's supposed to be Asian. You know, he's he's from Aqualonia, or he, actually, he says where he's from in that little speech. But like, he definitely t- he, he sounds like he's from East LA. <laughs> <laughs> well, instead of having actually him in my top reasons, I do have his mustache. <laughs> I got thief's mustache. <laughs> you know, interesting little side note about Crom, uh, who's you know big part of the Conan mythos, there was never actually a Sumerian deity named Krom. I found out Krom was actually based off of an Irish, uh, a pre-Christian Irish god named Krom Krog. And uh, he was believed to be a fertility god that people would sacrifice, would do human sacrifices to. And when St. Patrick brought Christianity to Ireland, the, the beliefs in him stopped. But I just thought it was interesting that being a proud Irishman myself, that he was a brother. <laughs> <laughs> Crown's a brother. Exactly. <laughs> He's a soul brother. <laughs> He's a honky. <laughs> I've got a lot to talk about on this one. Go ahead, this Mark. Is great movie. Go ahead, Mark. Take it. Uh, I'm going to say Conan's father's sword because it yeah. is the embodiment of the full, like the physical embodiment of the full circle story. Because you uh, you start off with the raid to the village, and the big prize they get is that sword, and it it goes all the way through the movie to the end fight, 
where right. Conan is fighting Rexor, and Rexor is fighting him with Conan's father's sword. Conan winds up breaking that sword and taking it back, and then using the broken sword to take out Thulsa Doom. It's, right. It's just a perfect metaphor for his entire journey of just growing up, getting broken, but still pushing forward there. And, <laughs> and it's important to realize that he had a regular sword that wasn't broken, yeah. but he didn't use that sword to chop off Thulsa Doom. He, he could have gone back and gotten it, but yeah. he came back with the broken sword even though he had another one. And we got into that. But I'm going to say that he got the other sword, the regular one, in Crom Caverns. Uh, Crom Caverns. Right. Uh, are you being chased by wild dogs? Do you need weapons? Well, stop by Crom Caverns, where you <laughs> can... Uh, caverns. Where you can the take... Hail from Power Hour sure. is brought to you by Crom Caverns. <laughs> but seriously, he, 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 goes, he falls in there, starts a fire, finds a bunch of skeletons, and what do you know? Big old steel sword. And a throne. Heck yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to jump in and say my next reason is uh, the priest. <laughs> the priest that approaches Conan and uh, they have the outfit scene. <laughs> yeah. Don't be ashamed of your body. Don't be ashamed. You should be proud of that body. <laughs> he was a, uh, a priest of the snake. That's it's pretty true. awesome. <laughs> just that scene's just worth because I mean, you know what's going to happen. I mean, that's what's yeah. the beauty of it. Okay. Uh, okay. So I've got to bring this up. I, I do have running from town to town eating fried skink on a stick because they're, they're, they're eating fried lizards on sticks. But when they get into town before they, they meet the giant snake, there's a scene that you guys apparently didn't see. Where they kind of travel down into the the wrong side of town, and there are a bunch of like uh, harlots and and thieves who are like, "Hey, come on over here." And one of the uh, one of the prostitutes says to Sumatai, "It's like, hey, I'll ward off the evil." He's like, "What if I am evil?" And then you know yeah. they're they're drunk, and he's all like, ha, ha, "That's good." And then they go around the corner, and there is a barn where there's a guy, and I'm not even making this up, who is is. In Congress with a llama, and 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 Conan looks at it and he says, "Look at that!" Right? I mean, it isn't even like you know in the background. It's like they look at it for a minute. The guy like keeps what he's doing, and and Conan says, "Look at that!" And they like you know drunkenly slap each other on the back. And that's when that right after that, that's when Conan punches the camel in that camel punching scene, right? <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> My next reason is llama love. Because <laughs> that's right when they see that guy that's leaning against the knees. Look at him. That guy's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> that one has a sword in it. He fell on it. <laughs> I remember right, the camel Cause... punching scene. <laughs> the other, Dude. not so much. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing this because I hate you. Go back and watch it because I have to. Yeah. Like seriously, it's like the it's the it's its own three men in a baby scene. You got to go back and find this one little clip. No, that was a piece of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Rick. Yeah. What? <laughs> Or, or 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 Mark, is it is it is it to you, Mark? It's Mark. Is is me again? Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, I'll have to say the uh, the rescue of the princess. Uh, that whole scene where they're breaking into the uh, the tower to to kidnap the yeah. the girl there. These set pieces are incredible. Oh, man. they are, <laughs> and they've got the the war paint on. They're like all in white paint with these black stripes all over them, and they they awesome. look awesome. And they just yeah. sneak in and. You know, they even set it up where, like, you know, good thieves can go in there and they can kidnap the princess and get out without any trouble. Cause, but vengeful thieves can't do that, so we're just going to stick to the plan, aren't we, Conan? And he just keeps sharpening <laughs> his sword. <laughs> he just keeps sharpening. And, of course, as soon as they get in there, he's flipping stuff over and setting it on fire. And there's a big old pot full of green goo with hands and stuff in it that they're feeding yeah. these people. Yeah. You, they go through the first part when they go in the, in the side of the mountain, and you got this this one level. It looks just like something out of Temple of Doom. You know, where it's all underground and the hot lava, and they're making, I guess they're making this stuff because they're cutting bodies up and stuff, and they're making the goo. And then they take it to the next room, and so this is paradise. It's, and you got like a, it turns into Caligula all of a sudden. This is paradise. I'm like, damn, I'd hate to see what hell looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a llama. <laughs> yeah, llama love. And they call it llama love. <laughs> That's what I call it. No, but, but, but yeah. yeah, there's this big old, like, they put this great big pot, this big, like, terracotta pot that they have to carry with, like, six people on either side of, uh, uh, of whatever you call those things. You carry things. And, yeah. and it's, it's full of this green goop that's, 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 that's fogged up, and it's full of body parts, and they're, like, handing out hands to these these hypnotized women yeah. in this orgy, and they're that, eating the hands. It's like, what? That girl, comes up, that girl comes up there with, like, a hubcap and lets him pour a bunch in it. Yeah. <laughs> She takes the hand out, just starts nibbling on it. Yeah, yeah. It's a delicacy, man. <laughs> it was a delicate hand. So yeah, man. All these again, and that's something I had earlier on. Is man, the, the the soundtrack is killer. The sets are killer. They do so much right. To mm-hmm. me, the only thing that stands out that's not up to par is when we're having the speech from the dad to Conan, and they got that green screen cloud sky going on behind them. That's the only thing that looks a little iffy nowadays. Mm-hmm. Everything else looks incredible, man. With that being said, I'm going to say my next reason is James Earl Jones, shoot somebody with a snake. Yeah. Oh. Come on. <laughs> Long before Serpentor, Tulsa <laughs> Doom yeah. was, making, was making spears and arrows out of snakes. I mean, just picked up a snake, straightened it out straight, put it in a bow, snap, snack a doodle, shot her, killed her. Yeah. Right before that scene, <laughs> he delivers one of the one of my favorite lines, anyway, um, where he's talking. He's upset that Conan came in and burned down his house. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a clip of that one. Let's go ahead and play that. It's when he talks about being Which, afraid of the night. Infidel defilers. They should all drown in lakes of blood. Now they will know why they are afraid of the dark. Now they will learn why they fear the night. Then he yeah. takes that snake and just shoots it like an arrow. It's amazing. It's just crazy, man. And we, Between that and him turning into that snake, where you're just watching him and you get like the the the, the face, you know, and it kind of starts stretching out and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Feel like you get a little bit jipped because you start seeing that, and then it cuts away, and then all of a sudden it's 
you know, just a big snakehead guy. Now, if he looked like that the whole time, man, this movie been like super top notch. Mister Snake Man running around with with long hair and a mullet, basically. And yeah, he looked like Snake <laughs> or from He Man. Shooting them with other snakes. That's incredible, man. It's incredible. So, so I just want to point out the person he shoots is Valeria, who we haven't mentioned yet because we're jumping around. True. The third, True. the third member of their troop is Valeria, who who they meet right before they they rob the tower in the first town. And Valeria, they meet, and then twenty minutes later, she's calling the shots for the whole crew because she's the smartest one in the bunch. Right. I mean, they even say it when they're breaking into the place, because they all have the same idea to break into the same place. And Conan and uh, Sobatai are like, oh, we got here first, we're gonna do this. And she's just like, you don't even have a rope. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gotta be the brains, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just just to, to go through, they, they rob the the, uh, the temple of the snake, and they end up with a bunch of jewels and stuff, and they, Lost, they blow yeah. it all on... Uh, on you know lots of wine and and pan dancers and and all this this stuff you know and there's a great little like you know the the um, the lessons learned by too much you know where where they're they're too drunk and the guards come to get them right before they meet Max von Sydow which is also a fantastic reason to watch the movie it's just yeah. kind of it, yeah. what happens when these guys do uh, get too much well you know they're they're just thugs really so they just spend it all they're partying they're eating I mean it's even getting to excess because. There's this part where they're eating and they just pass out the food, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and as as a third thing, I'm, I'm just just to tie it all together with Valeria again. Valeria beginning, middle, and when they are robbing a you know Tulsa Doom's uh, cult at the end, and they up they paint up with stripes. I was gonna say uh, they painted their skin like uh, like dude's pants. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And then it, it led me to notice that Valeria wasn't wearing pants, and, and that's absolutely 100% a reason to watch this movie and rewind yeah, it absolutely. and watch it again. That's right. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah, and of course the makeup job, too, I mean, that just takes it to another level, but they also kind of look like uh, the the Juicy Fruits from <laughs> Phantom of the Paradise when they're dressed up doing their song. We need a man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting because in one of the original outtakes of the the movie, they ask Conan what is best in life, and he says, "Go to Cincinnati to see my mother." <laughs> <laughs> Conan, what is best in life? Beef. <laughs> it's what's for dinner. I guess it's mustard. Uh, yeah, I, I still like four there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as Danny said, you can't bring up this movie without bringing up the uh, what is best in life, but you also can't bring it up without bringing up the prayer to Krom. Yes. When they're getting ready for the big battle, and Conan already said, I don't really pray to my god. At this point, he's it's just him and Sobatai. They're getting ready to take on an army. It's time to pray. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and uh, we've got a clip of that, that epic line of the, the movie there. Krom, I've never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you will remember if we were good men or bad, why we fought or why we died. No, all that matters is that two stood against many. That 
that's what's important. Bangor pleases you, Kram. So grant me one request. Grant me revenge. And if you do not listen, then to hell with you. <laughs> Man, that's great stuff. Did I mention that uh, James Earl Jones shoots somebody with a snake? Yeah, <laughs> you did. <laughs> Man. Did I mean, just pulls that snake out. You know, you didn't, yeah. you know what you didn't mention that I know you were going to, but I think I cut you off. You didn't mention Conan biting a vulture's neck off. Oh, man. The Tree of Woe, man. <laughs> that whole scene's incredible. And again, you know, the whole time he's out there, he's just dying away, right? So he's he's out there. They, they crucified him out on the, the Tree of Woe. And I guess because nobody ever stops by and goes, Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> hey, what's happening? You look like crap. But yeah, he's supposedly dying off, and the vulture lands on him and starts eating him, and he just bites that bird's head, man. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> it's the best. They actually then, built that tree for the movie, and it looks so good, too. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, they, built, he, they built that vulture, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Dilo De Laurentiis presents. You never know. <laughs> actually, you, you know what? That, that vulture was played by the same guy who played the priest. <laughs> That's why he reached over. He started. He started chewing on his peck. Mm. He, oh man! <laughs> Actually, the last thing I want to bring up. This is my last one, and it has to do with the very end of the movie. But <laughs> it's basically Conan walking up when they're having the big ceremony, and he takes off James Earl Jones' head, and he does one of these. <laughs> he basically takes the sword. He takes the head. He chunks the head, and he drops the sword just like you do a mic drop. <laughs> yep. Bang, and he walks off. <laughs> that is awesome. And he, Conan invented the mic drop. It just was done with a sword, and right, a broken sword. Right there to tie into what Mark was saying about the Riddle of Steel, it proves that Thulsa Doom's answer to the Riddle of Steel was the wrong one because he says flesh is more powerful than steel, but as soon as the steel takes his head off, all of his flesh, all of his followers, they just right. they just give up and leave they because go. it wasn't right. about who followed you. It was about how good you were. Other than that, all I got is crazy chick with snakes. That's, that's the last one I got. We found his weakness. Without his head, he's powerless. <laughs> and I love that it takes three chops to chop off his head, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just one clean wipe. You know, it's, it's, it's like, oh, well, that one didn't do it. He like bends like, him over yeah. his knee for that last one too. <laughs> you want my dad's sword? You got my dad's sword. Here you go. <laughs> uh, so awesome, so awesome. All right, what else you guys got? Oh man, well, so I've got I've got prepping for battle. You know when they when oh, they go and they make yeah. up the giant lands with the big with the big swinging stick to to catch the predator on you know I'm in you know and he paints up in mud and he hides in the wa- no no I mean like yeah right like before Maca- that it's Macaulay Culkin he's putting up those paint buckets and all that stuff man it's awesome <laughs> and for for the point that that I I've got a sound clip of the music when they start riding mm-hmm. in and I don't remember oh yeah. yeah I think I called it like killer ride music. Killer ride. Yeah. <laughs> it's the new 
music that's playing when they ride the llama. <laughs> Ain't no music in that scene. So, you know, during this, they're riding up to the to the big, like, Stonehenge where they're all holed up, you know. And I, what I like about it is it's got that whole, I don't know, it's got that whole cinematic music. Oh, it's yeah. got the orchestra, but then it kind of adds kind of like a funk to it almost. It's like, you know, it kind of gives it kind of like a almost a rock and roll kind of kind of playing. And those guys come in, and I love movies. I mean, Robin Hood did it. Uh, you know, you got the King Solomon's Mines with the booby traps. You know, all yep. these movies where, where they they oh Beastmaster does it where they where they they surround yeah. it and they cover up all the oil and then they set them on fire. I, I love that Again. whole that whole thing where the heroes outsmart the villains and then just lure them into a trap. Home Alone one and two. Home Alone they one and two, with yes. with Macaulay Culkin and Joe Pesci. Yeah. In that final frickin battle, frickin there's frickin something frickin to keep frickin your frickin eye frickin out for. Where they got all the traps set up, the spikes oh, and everything, and there's this one scene where they they knock over one of the, the villains, and he rolls over and you know rolls onto the spikes and yeah, they got them set up so they're not going to get hurt when they actually roll over to him. But keep your eyes open for the man's horse that falls over too, because that yeah. Ah, uh, uh, that I don't think that was done intentionally. <laughs> that poor horse just rolled right over into the the spike trap he's it was okay but god it looked nasty (laughs) yeah yeah again just very well done effects in this movie Uh, you know there's one other blooper that i noticed you know there's a part when when he's climbing up some rocks and he's (laughs) he uses his hands to stand up and if you watch real closely there's a hand that comes up through the rocks and hands him his sword (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it was a blooper with the llama too. Like that wasn't part of the movie. <laughs> a little side story I heard is in the scene where he's running from the the dogs after he's been freed as a slave. I heard they used actual attack dogs in that scene. So wow, he's not acting at that point. He is running for his life there. Awesome. Yeah, when he comes up out of the the uh, the the Crom's caverns there, and he's got the sword. Yeah, I kind of got the feeling those dogs are still there, and he and he was like, "All right, let's go." But <laughs> so so I, I can't not mention this. So Conan dies on the Tree of Woe, right? <laughs> and yeah, and they go back to Mako, and they're like, "Hey, you know, you're a sorcerer. You can bring him back." And he's like, "I might be able to keep him from taking him." And he paints the sutra on him, right? Yeah, and, you know, the whole. Yeah. Um, while he's while he's painting the sutras, and I was like, you know what? I've seen this before, and it's it's one of the stories from a from a 1965 uh, anthology of Japanese horror movies called uh, Kawaiden or Kawaiden. I don't oh, speak yeah. Japanese, absolutely. But like yep. in in that one, they paint the sutra on a guy so that the spirit realm won't take him, but they miss his ears, and the and and it's it's called Hoichi the Earless because the the ghosts see his ears just floating in midair because they can't see him because the sutra prepares him. And they tear his ears yeah. off, and I was, and, and it reminded me of it. But that's such a great scene. They paint the sutra on him, they tie him down, and then the spirits uh, come to get yep. him. And Valeria and Sumatai go fight him off. That's crazy, man. And and it's all just animated, drawn in. And I I prefer that to me. I still love the way that looks, man. I'd rather have that than CGI any day of the week. 
It, look, it looks kind of like I the actually end had ghost. that on my list. For some reason, I skipped it. I, that is definitely on my list. That's that's one of those scenes that always stands out to me. I still love that. Oh, it, it's so good. It, it, and it belongs in this movie. I mean, it, it's just yes. perfect. I'm glad yep. you brought up that other movie to compare it to, because the only thing I could think to compare it to was Ninja yeah, Ninja 3 with the demon <laughs> <Yes>. existence. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's also kind of like Ghost, you know, where the where the one guy is the bad guy. This The shadows come to get him, and, you know, like, oh, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't have the, the sutra to protect him, so they, like, they take him off like like, like attack dogs, or they, they, they sick him and pull him off. Kind of like that movie Wet Dreams, too. There's some stuff in there that's kind of yeah. the same, too, because they draw all over him too before he makes this, his final jump in the into the pool. You know, and scores a nine point seven. Was that Burgess Meredith in that movie? He was the coach. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, you're a bum. You need to swim better. <laughs> Look at you with your bum legs. Get up there now and do your best. <laughs> Man, I've got to check that movie out. Wet, it's great. Wet, it's on wet Amazon dreams, Prime. You say? Well, on Amazon. Yeah. On Amazon. Amazon Prime. Prime. There's also another ghost <laughs> moment in there with. Valeria sits down and starts breaking that soldier's neck, and then Conan comes up behind him and grabs the head, and they both start breaking the neck, and they're playing <laughs> Endless Love in the background. It was so touching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, barbarian, I'm a Valkyrie, and this guy's mustache is bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, so that guy with the mustache, he gets he gets killed by like shiny Valkyrie making him blind and then he gets killed. But like what about the other guy? The big swinging arm with the with the stake stabs him. Yeah, and then Conan just goes over there and awesome. looks at him like, "What are you going to do now, buddy?" Sorry, Rexar. <laughs> I killed your snake. <laughs> It'll be all right. Yo. Hello, it's my snake calling. <laughs> No, that, that's really all I got, man. I mean, I could go on all day about Conan, but I think we've hit all the high points. Mark, I don't want to cut you off, though. What you got? You know, at this point, we could just, you know, sit down and just go through the entire movie verbatim. Yeah. But the point is, go watch Conan. It Absolutely. Is a wonderful movie, and you won't be disappointed. That brings us up to. Rating time, time. All right, so we're going to rate this movie right here. I'm going to give it uh, 247 Thieves' Mustaches. <laughs> Danny. I'm going to give it 12 towns with walls around them that, that sell you skink on a stick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark. I will give it 10 out of 10. <laughs> Appropriate. <laughs> And as always, Brian Blessed, what do you think of Conan the Barbarian? But there's no way I can help a man oh, see, who's but you dead. can, though. You can. <laughs> Better get Mako. That, That's right. That was Mark. That was, I, 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 I couldn't stop myself, but that was Mark. He said it earlier. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll be right back after this. Finally, a sequel decades in the making. From the director of Dr. Doolittle and the producer of Poltergeist comes Conan, the Veterinarian. Yeah, I, I think there's something wrong with my horse. My fear is that my sons will never understand me. Well, maybe the 
problem here is that you don't really understand your son. I don't care how flat you make the pancake, it's got two sides. You really need to open up to him, because the love of a father and a son is the best thing in life. Wrong! Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. Really? Now how's that working out for you? Finally, a sequel decades in the making. From the director of Speed and the producer of The Piano comes Conan the Contrarian. Yeah, I, I hear that I'm here for an argument. Today is the day. You and your horde are in for a fun day of pillaging and killing. Heck, you wiped out four villages and burnt all the bodies in a day. A new personal record. But now you've noticed that the old sword you've been using won't even cut the leg off a small child. Tired of losing your edge? Then you need... The new Gillette Decapitator. Yes, the double-edged sword with not one, not two, but three blades. Forged by the best with the new technology. See, the first blade lifts the head in the neck region. The second cuts down to the bone. And the third seals the deal. All in one swipe. No neck is too thick for the decapitator. And the blades can be removed for easy cleaning. Your cohorts will roll their eyes while you're rolling heads. Get the Gillette Decapitator today! After years in the making, finally, the sequel that we've all been waiting for. From the director of Field of Dreams, and the producer of Phone Booth comes Conan the Agrarian. So this is the old farm, eh? In a time long ago, before the gods flung Atlantis into the sea, came Conan, a Sumerian, riding his black mustang and wielding a great sword of steel. He slew all enemies that opposed him, but in his haste did great damage to the mustang's paint job. He looked upon this damage with a troubled brow, for he knew not who could restore the vehicle to its past glory. Uh-oh! Gotta get Mako! From rust, dents, and crashes to a great paint job, Mako brings your car back to life, all for a price lower than you'd expect. And accident claims? It's all part of the job at Mako. Let me tell you of the days of high insurance. 
director of Tough Guys, and the producer of Cocoon comes Conan, the Octogenarian. Hey, look at the old guy over there. for another episode hey let us know what you think go go check it out yourself go see it for yourself it's conan the barbarian you can't go wrong now i'm not talking about the remake crap we're talking about 1981 82 whatever year it was <laughs> same year defender came out <laughs> but just go <laughs> but the the atari game the, yeah absolutely <laughs> check this movie out do yourself a service you can't go wrong with it man it's it's uh you may say a couple of things look dated, but I guarantee you, you'll have a better time watching this one and enjoying it and appreciating it more than you will the remake that come way later on. Not it, that it's bad. Not that it's bad. But this one came first. If That's you want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger put a giant snake in a sleeper hold, <laughs> go no further. Because this is the movie that, and, and to the point, it, it, is a, it is a classic for a reason. It, right. it was made, it was much better than the sum of its parts somehow. It was put together. I mean, it, it stands the test of time. I guess I'd just like to say this directly to the audience and say, audience, I never spoke to you before. I never had the tongue for it. But go <laughs> and watch Conan. And if you cannot do that, then to hell with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that mean that. Awesome. We love you. <laughs> I was going to say, we will be posting the Riddle of Steel, and if you can answer it, then you get a, uh, a free t-shirt that says, I'm better than Tulsa Doom. <laughs> I'm the master. I know the Riddle of Steel. <laughs> the prize will be a plastic sword. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> while you're on the Legion Podcast Network listening to Hail Ming Power, make sure to give some love to all of our other fantastic podcasts that... Have their home on Legion, um, you know, the Witch versus the Doomsday Clock. Uh, yeah, Cinema Psyops. You got uh, Duncan McLeish over there in the podcast under the stairs. You got Bo Ransdale yep, yep. and his twelve other shows. I mean, you got all kinds <laughs> of stuff to listen to. Don't stick to us, but make sure you listen to us first. Yep, and some newbies on there too. You got uh, Rabbit in Red, uh, Who Will Survive. Some great, great shows coming out, man. So, yeah, check them all out. And also, uh, there's a, a new slash old one that will be making its uh, debut on Legion pretty soon. Uh, you'll know about that soon enough. But let's just say in the, in the podcast world, it's a pretty popular show. So, uh, I know for a fact Danny and I are both fans of the show. So, it's going to be cool to, to have that brought on. If there's nothing else, we're going to skedaddle on out of here. Folks, like we said, take your time. Check out the movie. Check out Legion Podcast. Follow us everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Yo Mama. We're everywhere. Yo Mama. So, <laughs> yo Mama. Yo Mama. You, you want to sign the papers? Yo Mama. <laughs> G-Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. But there's nothing else. I'm Rick. I'm Danny. I'm Mark. And we'll see you and we will at Helming Power. <laughs> Absolutely. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sure was fun.
the tale of an ancient warrior and his trials in a savage land. Here's hoping you learned a little, had a good time, laughed a lot as we belted our way through this classic fantasy epic. We feel so fortunate to have the opportunity to entertain you and share our favorite movies. We are truly lucky to have the best fans. Till next time, keep your head up, proud minions, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Members of the audience will receive the following Classic Curves by Biddos, The Pants for Feel Good Company. A gift certificate from Maruchan Ramen Noodles. Rice-a-roni. All guests receive a copy of the El Ming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. El Ming is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Hail Ming is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.